my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, everyone, <laughs> and welcome to a new year, January 2023, even though I'm recording this on November 3rd, 2022. So, kicking off a new year and a new Jesse series, we are going to be covering Jesse's Ladies, basically the ladies of season one that came before Becky arrived in season two. First up, we have Sea Cruise from Season 1, Episode 5. This aired October 16th, 1987. Danny's all-male fishing trip turns into a love boat cruise. That's right, because Roxana, Jesse's old flame from when he may have been in another band prior to Jesse and the Rippers. They hung out, they dated... They went their separate ways. She became a big rock star, and Jesse is still struggling at the age of 24 to make it big. Well, it'll happen just on the road, and in a different way than he thinks. So, this episode's got a 6.7 out of 10, based on 367 ratings. We have some guest stars. We have Michelle Nicastro playing Roxana. We have... Caroline, played by Dorothy Park. Park it, there's an E on the end of the word Park, so I don't know if I'm... Parquet? I'm not sure. We have Nancy Mulford as Yvonne and Michelle Laybourne as Vega. I believe they are Roxana's backup dancers, backup singers. And that is it for the guest stars for the episode. This episode was directed by Tom... Trobovich? T-R-O... T-R... Excuse me, let me start over. T-R-B-O-V-I-C-H. Then we have writers, of course, Jeff Franklin, the creator. We have Russell Marcus as a writer. And Leonard, who would later, of course, on the show, actually be credited as Lenny Rips, also had a part in creating the story. All right, so we do have some trivia. In this episode, and now I don't want to rate the episode on IMDb. In this episode, Jesse says he is 24 years old. In episode 11, Danny turns 30. It is assumed that Joey is closer to 30 since he and Danny were friends in college. Joey and Danny met when they were around 12 years, when they were around 10. When they were at school. I think they're roughly right around the same age. If Joey is a year older, I don't know. However, in season two's Luck Be a Lady part one and two, the finale where Jesse and Becky almost elope. Danny got married to Pam, Jesse's older sister, when, Je when Danny was 19. Jesse was 14. There is a six-year age gap between Jesse and Danny. Hence, Jesse's 24 and... Joey, or excuse me, 
Jesse's 24, Danny's going to be 30 in season one. Okay, here we go. Another trivia. This episode gives the audience a hint of what the original premise of the series was supposed to be about. In initial pitches for the show, the story was supposed to revolve around three stand-up comic bachelors. This requirement was dropped in later pitches and just made to be the three bachelors. All with, although, I mean, does Danny really count as bachelor? I mean, he is a widower. I mean, Jesse and Joey, I get it, they've never been married, but to each their own. All right. All with different jobs who shared the same house, and the show dealt with their trials and tribulations. ABC, however, wanted a more family-driven comedy. And thus, it was rewritten to the series that aired. This episode with Jesse, Danny, and Joey hints at what could have been. I honestly... Because the girls, of course, are pretty much out of the episode. They go to stay with Grandma, and they also have a honeybee meeting. So, I like how they kept that continuity with all three girls. Although, DJ pretty much was on her way out of... She was pretty much aging out of the honey gir, honeybee girls or whatever. Uh, maybe the cutoff age is 10? I don't know. Because we know that Stephanie also ages out of it when Michelle starts up. So, I like that they had done that. You know would be cool? If they still had the honeybees still going when Danielle, Stephanie's daughter, gets to be of age and wants to do That would be a fun full circle. See? There you go. Little Danny Tanner, Danielle, would have a mom for... The mommy and me sleep. I really hope at that point they have really changed the aspects of that. and Or, as I mean, the requirements. Michelle Laybourne's film debut. Nancy Mulford's last appearance in a TV series. And first appearance of Dorothy Park as Carolyn. That's right, she does return for Danny's 30th birthday episode. And after that, she's gone. We never hear or see from her again. We do have one R.I.P. Sadly, Michelle Nicastro, who plays Roxana, did pass away. Oh my gosh. It'll be 12 years ago tomorrow that she passed away. She passed away at the age of 50. R.I.P. Michelle, R.I.P. Oh, this is so Oh my. Again. Cancer takes another... Gosh, this just rips me. If any of you have been listening to the podcast for since I started out, or any of my other podcasts, you all know that I lost my father to lung cancer back in 2019, and that was really hard. And to hear that this actress sadly lost a battle to breast cancer at the age of 50 is just that's heartbreaking. But definitely, guys, I mean, if you're of age, even if you're not 40, get a mammogram. I am looking to, I know I'm being a little personal right now, but honestly, I think I should get one. I'm 40 now. I I definitely should get one just to be on the safe side. I hear it's not the most comfortable thing in the world to have done, but... Wouldn't you rather know that you're okay or if something is going on, it can be caught early 
and taken care of. At least that's my view on it. That's my take on it. But oh my goodness, this is this is just it's sad. Sad note to start a new year on. But all right, here we go. Let's see. Let's see. We got some reviews. We do. All right, Mitch RMP. This is from December fifth, twenty thirteen, entitled "More Serious." He gives this a seven out of ten. Not as funny as some of the other episodes. This one concentrates on Danny's recent widowhood and his love for Pam. The guys find themselves without any kid responsibilities for the first time. Joey and Jesse want to go out with women. They want to go to the Three Stooges Festival. They want to go out to... Jesse wants to go out to, like, a club or something and meet women. Danny, of course, he's not ready. He's not ready. We have not hit the date Danny's very first date episode yet, so, and he even says how long long it's been, I can't remember whether he said it's been three months, or it's been six months, but when I start the episode, we'll figure it out, all right, but Danny wants male bonding, because the others are sensitive to his grief, they can, they choose the male bond, it's like, yeah, you can go out, and hang out with girls, any girls, Anytime. Anytime! I mean, I know, yes, and Danny does, like, hey, the girls are out of the house. Let's all bond. I mean, they all know each other. They all basically grew up together, if you think about it. I mean, Danny and Joey, best friends at age 10 onward. Jesse, I mean, he and Danny weren't friends when Danny married his sister, and Jesse was always on the road, so they really didn't have the friendship that it, they uh, eventually have down the road and stuff, but hey. Alright. They go fishing on this trip. Danny is a little disappointed when women show up like this. That's not what I wanted. I wanted to bond. I wanted to fish with the guys. Jesse's old girlfriend is making the moves on him while Joey has two girls, but they all fish together and catch lots of fish. All but Danny, who doesn't get a bite. Yeah, that really irritates Danny. It's like, I came here to fish. I'm not getting anything, but you guys are just reeling. The fish are just coming up into the boat, basically. After their fishing, they all go back to the house. The captain of the boat, a lovely woman, Captain Caroline, wants to date Danny. Well, she doesn't necessarily want to date Danny, but she's like, oh, can I make you breakfast? Can I make you dinner? Can I make you... He's like, no, no breakfast, no lunch, no dinner. So he's not ready for that. And all he is, honestly, as I say, is, look, my wife passed away recently. I am not ready to be involved or even go out with anyone just yet. And, you know, she'll respect that. She does respect that. Meanwhile, Jesse is hung up on the fact that his girlfriend is famous while he's not. It's surprisingly Joey who helps him see reality. Yes, sometimes it takes an observer to look at the situation and kind of help the people see, like, okay, stand back, step out of the situation, and look at it from what I, from my point of view and what I'm seeing, how you're at. Is this, I mean... Excuse me, he's jealous of Roxana for her her success. I mean, she's a gorgeous woman. I I heard a little bit of her singing when they all sang that uh, Rock and Robin song, but I, I don't know what her uh, 
flavor du jour of music is, so I can't really be the judge on that. But, and guys, come on, those of us that have grown up with the show, that have watched it in reruns, we know Jesse's musical path. And it just seems like a lot of his music, I mean, John Stamos has got a good voice. He has got an incredible voice. However, I've said his voice feels more like it's meant for ballads. He doesn't seem to be really hitting... I don't know, it just, to me, it just, it seems, his me, just feels more contemporary, in a way. If you want to listen to a soft, romantic ballad, Jesse Katsopoulos is your guy. <laughs> That's just my opinion, though. Alright, <laughs> there's some comedic, comedic relief in this episode. Danny goes overboard, Joey jumps in after him, while Jesse takes... His time taking off everything not waterproof before going in. Like, here's my watch. Here's my wallet. No Apple Watch because it didn't exist yet. <laughs> References are made to Scooby-Doo. No surprise there. And the Love Boat theme is sung by Danny and Joey. Joey compares himself to Elf. Joey, you and Elf are in completely different leagues. Jo- Joey, Elf has his own TV show. He had his own comic book. It's cartoon, own cartoon. I never saw the cartoon or read any Elf comics, but I did have the trading cards. I did manage to find some on eBay years ago, and they're still amazing. I actually had to unwrap them and throw away the I, I can't. There might have been gum with those, but I threw that stuff away because it was over 30 years old. All right, here we go. One last review. 7 out of 10. Danny, Tanner, and the boys go fishing for much more than fish. Kalen, Kalen Vass, November, this is from November 26, 2013. A lot of 2013s on here. Okay. DJ and Stephanie are going away, so Danny takes it as an opportunity for some male bonding time with Jesse and Joey. The guys are skeptical, especially Jesse, when his old flame Roxana, a famous rock star, calls him. That's right, she does call him up on the phone. Jessie begrudgingly turns her down, and the boys go fishing. Roxana appears unexpectedly with her backup singers, and the two rekindle their love. Danny falls for a girl. Okay, correction, he does not fall for a girl named Caroline. He does not. She finds him charming. He is not about it. Like, we can be friends, but nothing romantic is ever going to happen. As they say, but Danny isn't ready to move on from his deceased wife, Pam. This is entertaining for the most part. It's got a goofy charm that is hard to resist. The B-girl outfits, the B-girl, the honeybee outfits, come on. DJ and Stephanie War were cute. They honestly were. But all the B jokes got rather tiring. Oh, for heaven's sake, come on now. I'm sure they did. Roxana character had plenty of likable spunk. I like the word spunk. All credit goes to the beautiful Michelle Nicastro for her fun portrayal of Roxana. Yes, they do list that she sadly deceased from her life. The flirtation or romance between Stamos and Nicastro was quite enjoyable to watch. I also give credit to Bob Saget for nailing a really emotional part near the end. If you're a Full House fan, there's plenty here to entertain you. It's far from being one of the best episodes, but it's far from the worst as well. Yeah, I would have to uh, definitely agree. I mean, it's not a huge favorite of mine, necessarily. I mean, there are, I mean, if I go back and look at season one, I could say there's probably, once I really, there's maybe 
I'd say six. Let's go. There's got to be six episodes out of all of season one that I absolutely, hands down, love, love, love. I can't think of them right now. DJ, DJ's Day Off, the season one finale, definitely one of my favorites. Of course, the pilot episode. But then again, I was like, those are kind of givens. You're going to love the pilot. You're going to love the finale. All right, before I officially get into the episode, I want to let all the Tanner newbies, a.k.a. new listeners, jump on board of the Tanner train, a.k.a. the podcast for the first time. I want to let you know where you can find the podcast, where you can listen to it. You can listen to it on iTunes and SoundCloud. Sadly, no, there will no, I don't believe there's ever going to be a Spotify in the future or Anchor, or any of that. It's just, I'm just happy with what I have right now. And my only fear is that with me playing clips and everything, other platforms may not allow that. So that is the only reason I'm not doing those other platforms. Also, where you can find the podcast on social media, it does have a Facebook page. Just type in Full House or Fuller House Podcast. The Omelanta Holy Julupas podcast will pop up. Also, I have a Gmail address for the podcast. It's omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to write in, talk about your full house memories, what character meant the most to you growing up, what character you're also related to, or maybe there's a character out there you really didn't care for. Stavros comes to mind. I could not stand that character. I am waiting towards the end of Full House's run to cover that episode because it grosses me out. I know it's John Stamos in makeup, but it's just like, I don't like it. Also, now I'm getting off track again. Hold on a second. Also, whether you're a new listener or you've been a regular listener since April of 2019 when I started this podcast, the podcast really could use support. Now, I don't do Patreon. I don't want or need money in regard to that. The only thing I asked is to jump on iTunes, leave a review, rating. Five stars if you can will be awesome, but you don't necessarily have to. You feel what you give what you feel that the podcast and myself deserve as a host providing service to you so yeah all reviews ratings really help the podcast grow get noticed by their full house and fuller house fans new and old like yourselves but thanksgiving and christmas coming up if you're looking for something to give absolutely free of charge definitely jump on itunes leave an awesome five-star review if you can that would be so, so great. Of course, no pressure. <laughs> Another thing. There are many Full House and some Fuller House. Po- There's honestly one other podcast that has done the first two seasons of Fuller House. However, the How Rude podcast, as much as I love it, and I do, I'm always listening to their episodes, it is not a ears of all ages podcast. And when I say ears of all ages, it basically means... Any ears under the age of, like, 17, 18. It's not appropriate. There's a language, a, a, just a lot of stuff in there that is not appropriate for young listeners. 
And there are other podcasts like the What's This Full House podcast that is also a nice clean podcast for, you know, also one hosted, which is nice. You can have, you know, more than one host to bounce off of or, you know, one host. Like I, I've, when I started these podcasts, I'm like, I'm just doing this myself. I really feel, I don't know with my schedule how I'd be able to juggle having someone else. And honestly, it it has been a juggle over the last five years since I started the Punky Power podcast back in 2017. But I do, even when I'm finished with both Full House episodes, which will wrap up at the end of 2023, and then Fuller House in 2024, I still have plenty of Full House-related stuff I can do. There are promos for episodes that I can go through. On YouTube, there are, I believe there are some Full House PSAs with the characters. Like, kind of the more you know or lesson learned, stuff like that with the characters, which is really cool. So, I I mean, as long as they're still up there, I can can do those. That would be cool. So, plenty of stuff coming forward. There are also Full House Stephanie books that I haven't covered yet that I would love to cover for the podcast. So, plenty of stuff down the road. Also, alongside Full House and Fuller House, I also have been doing movie reviews for the podcast. Kid-oriented movie reviews. My plan, my goal for November, for the 30th anniversary of Beethoven, even though I did cover it back in 2019. However, That was not an Ears of All Ages podcast episode. I have gotten requests from listeners. Could you make a family-friendly review version of Beethoven? I'm like, you know what? It's been a handful of years. We lost Charles Grodin, I believe it was last year. And I really would love to go back and watch Beethoven all over again. And... The 30th anniversary of Beethoven 2nd is next December 2023, so mark that on your next year calendar because I definitely want to go into that. And that one, I promise, will not only be family-friendly, it will be in one full episode because the other one, because I was reading from the book, was cut into two episodes. So rest assured, Beethoven 2nd, the movie review, will be family-friendly and put into one episode. All right, without further ado, let's jump into Sea Cruise. All right, so it's nighttime, and Jesse is in the living room, long-haired season one Jesse, playing, he's songwriting, playing, trying to come up with a hit song, I guess. And he's like, hey, because Joey comes into the living room and says, oh, Jess, you have to see this. And Jesse says, not yet, okay? Look, I'm trying to write a song about this Italian goddess who drives a Lamborghini. And Jesse asks Joey, what rhymes with Lamborghini? And Joey says, uh, how about Cecil and Beanie? So, clearly this is going to be a reference to a cartoon that Joey watched as a child. Beano and Cecil, or Beanie and Cecil. Well, this is 1988 television show. Okay, so, but in here, according to IMDb, what says IMDb and Wikipedia? Anyway, 
1962 animated television series created by Bob Clampett from the American Broadcasting Company. Cartoon was based on the television puppet show Time for Beanie, which Clampett produced for Paramount Pictures. Series of grow up, but you know what? I'm going to look up IMDb. Okay, so it looks like... Maddie's Funnies with Beanie and Cecil was a show that ran, an animated show that ran from 59 to 62. Okay, so that is from Joey's Childhood. However, in 1988, there was a show, it looks like a remake of it, called Beanie and Cecil from 1988. Updated version. Five episodes. Okay, who did the voice? Anyone we know? Uh, doesn't look like it. I don't know who that person is either. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's not like he's gonna say anything referenced in 1987. Oh my goodness. Billy West has done a lot of voice work. The Ren and Stimpy Show, Futurama, 96's Space Jam, Looney Tunes Back in Action in 2003. This guy is all over the board with his voice work. That's good for that guy. Billy West, good for you, Billy. <laughs> Jesse looks at Joey and says, hey, how about you're a weenie? And I love how Jesse raises his eyebrows up and down. Jesse, of course, wearing a red button-up shirt with a black leather vest over it. Joey is, I'm guessing... This can't be pajamas. It might be pajamas. I'm not sure. Maybe it's not. Because Joey wears a lot of colorful, loud shirts that are just doing so much. You got so much going on. This, of course, is a shirt of the solar system with the planets. It's a nice blue color. Sky, not sky blue, but kind of a darker nighttime blue with all the planets. Every single one. Aww, Danny's got that video camera out. Oh my goodness, this guy lives for the video video camera, which is funny because Bob Saget later goes on to host America's Funniest Home Videos, which is pretty much everyone just shooting home movies with video camcorders to win $10,000. Michelle's taking her first steps. And you know, it just kind of makes me think of... um. How Danny, it hasn't been too long since he lost Pam. And, I mean, maybe behind closed doors he's probably thought about, oh my gosh, my last little baby girl is taking her first steps and Pam isn't here to see it. Or she's saying her first words and Pam isn't here to see it. And just, I mean, clearly we're not going to see that on screen or anything like that. It's probably what Danny probably thinks about and just, uh, just I'm sure it just breaks his heart. Makes me think of that Thanksgiving episode of Party of Five where they, the Salinger family confront the drunk driver that had killed their parents. And Bailey had mentioned about his baby brother Owen, who's probably just under the age of what Michelle would be here. And he says, my little brother, he's going to walk soon. And my parents aren't going to be able to see that. Because of you. And it just, oh, just that moment it was just so, so powerful. It's just, you know, it just makes me think just 
you know, Pam was there for all the firsts with, with DJ and Stephanie and just with Michelle, she's just not there for all of her first moments. <laughs> so apparently Michelle's been walking now for three days straight. She's actually got a good motion going on. She's not stumbling. I think she kind of, you know, worked that out on day two. <laughs> She's like, little stumble, little fall, couple falls. But by day three, boom, she is zipping through into that living room. <laughs> Jesse says, Danny, you have not stopped filming this kid since she started walking three days ago. You're going to run out of videotape. Oh, no, he says, <laughs> Danny, I feel sorry for her when she starts potty training. I don't think he's going to videotape that. That is not a moment that you need to capture on film or honestly in pictures. But then again, to each their own. Every milestone is a golden moment that you don't get back. You don't get back those first moments. <laughs> so Michelle goes over to, I think that's the, that might be the chair or the couch that she's balancing herself on with her hand. She turns around and she hightails it out of that living room. She's not very far. She's like maybe eight feet away from the kitchen door. And luckily, Joey is there to grab Michelle before she just takes off. Audience loves it, though. They're like, yeah, and just applauding her. Aw. Danny looks up from videotaping and says, you know what this means? He says, my sweet little Michelle, she's now an object-grabbing, heat-seeking instrument of destruction. Joey lifts up Michelle and says, here's this humans, I am Robo Baby. It's just, I love when he puts Michelle in front of him and does a funny voice. It's cute. All right, we cut to the stairs and look who's coming down. We got two, count them, two honeybee girls dressed for a honeybee meeting and to spend the night or the weekend, I think it's just the night, with Grandma. My guess is it's Grandma who isn't in Tacoma, Washington or Seattle later on. It is Jessie's mom. Because I'm sure that she is nearby. They're going to send the girls on a... T <laughs> they're going to send them on a plane overnight to Tacoma, Washington. I don't think so. We don't get to see Grandma. No, uh, Alice Herson. We do not get to see her until... Well, this is episode five. No, actually... Alice, her son, who played Claire Tanner, number one, because she's played by Debbie. <laughs> I'm blanking on the last name from Everybody Loves Raymond. So we saw Claire Tanner 1.0, the last of her, in episode four. So just the last episode. So they're going to go... Hang out. Well, I just, I don't, cause I, I don't know. You know what? I don't know. Let's move on. Let's move on. Danny, of course, taping the girls coming down the stairs dressed as honeybees. Got DJ wearing the antenna. And she, of course, is passing on her hornets down to the second Tanner daughter. Like, it's time. I'm retiring my, my, um, not her hornets, her antennae. Excuse me. Hornet is, tail is going to go on the back. <laughs> it's on the butt. The hornet butt. 
No, it's not a hornet. What is it? A stinger. What's wrong with me? I'm sorry. It's 8.23 at night. <laughs> I had a very long day making pizzas. I am tired. Oh, Jesse. Oh, my gosh. More cute. Just what we need. More cute. Dude, you live in a home with three girls, 10 and under. There's going to be cuteness overload. Like you're not going to be taping or filming or taking pictures of your twin boys when they're young. <clears throat> like the time in season seven when Nikki and Alex were ripping apart Michelle's diorama for the science fair. And <laughs> Danny had to tell them, hey, your kids are out of control. Your twin little monster babies, you got to rein them in and <laughs> they brought up the time that the boys got into Becky's makeup and had lipstick all over their faces and yeah it's like oh what do you I remember the last time when they got into the makeup what did we do well we took pictures and it's like oh yeah that's right because they had all that stuff on their face and I learned I was like yeah we took we took two sets you know for you <laughs> in case you want one Danny <laughs> But anyway, uh, of course we get the wonderful bee puns. Stephanie says, well, Grandma better get here soon because we are very busy with honeybee business. I can't do it like she does it. The girls got their overnight bags. It looks like Michelle's got a little tote bag of, you know, diapers, wipes, whatever she needs for staying overnight with Grandma. So Danny hands the... Tape recorder over to Joey. Joey, keep taping. Girls on the steps, I want to ask you something. What is he going to ask them? Yes, DJ, how does it feel to finally be retiring as Queen Bee? Yeah, she has hit the age 10 cutoff age for being a honeybee. And DJ says, oh, it feels great. I am too old for this outfit that barely fits me anymore. She probably was wearing it when she was Stephanie's age. And it's like, ugh. The sleeves are cutting off the circulation in my arms. I couldn't roll them up if I tried. See, that's the thing. I don't like, if I can't roll my sleeves up, that is just so, ugh. It's like, I can't roll my sleeves up. What if I need it? Yeah. DJ takes her antenna off, her antenna helmet, and says, it's time to pass my an an antenna onto the bees of the future. I thought she was going to say, onto the bees of the next Tanner generation. I mean, is that, I bet anything that's going to be handed down from Stephanie to Michelle when the time comes. Stephanie says, I be so happy. All these bee puns. Stephanie is wearing a yellow plastic barrette that looks like a ribbon that matches her honeybee outfit. I honestly, if I had to choose between this outfit that they're wearing, which is just a long sleeve black shirt with a yellow and black sleeveless shirt over the top of it, and the one that Stephanie wears for the slumber party, it's really cute. It's got a yellow beret. It's got a yellow ascot. It's just, I can't remember. I think it's like maybe got a black and yellow striped vest. It's really, really gorgeous. I would wear that. And I don't wear berets. I, I could if one became available. If it were, you know, red, burgundy, whatever. 
Um, I don't know if I could pull off yellow. I really don't think yellow would... It would probably clash with uh, me. So, yeah. But yeah, do the secret honeybee hello. Not the honeybee pledge that we learned from Slumber Party. And of course, DJ says, before I commit to this, you cannot... You, Joey, put the camera down, turn it off. This is not going on right... This is not going to be a memory here. You're going to have to uh, have this memory infused in your mind for all time. Basically, they do a little hop, skip, and a passing each other on the steps, and then they buzz each other with their stingers. I guess that's a honeybee hello. That's kind of weird. I don't know. I don't think honeybees do that, but then again, I don't know about the social antics of the honeybee. I'm sure it's fascinating. I bet I could look up a documentary on you on YouTube or whatever, National Geographic, if I wanted to learn more about the honeybee. We hear a honking outside, and somebody says, "That's Grandma. We gotta buzz off." Oh yeah, here's a baby's bag. It's a little tote bag, and here's the baby. So they leave, and before Stephanie follows DJ out, she says, "See you later, boys." I'd be like, "Don't have fun without us." <laughs> Maybe you should write this down and then try to sing it. Jesse, you gotta see this. I'm working on this new tune about this outrageous Italian goddess who drives a Lamborghini. What rhymes with Lamborghini? Uh, how about Cecil and Beanie? <laughs> how about uh, you're a weenie? <laughs> Jesse, check out this serious toddling. Tracking shot, tracking shot. Come on, Michelle. Danny, the kid has been walking for three days. You haven't stopped taping her. I'm sorry for her when she starts potty training. <laughs> you know what this means? My sweet little Michelle, she's now an object-grabbing, heat-seeking instrument of destruction. <laughs> Does it oh, look so cute? cute, you two look. Cute, just what we need, more cute. Grandma better give you a suit. We're very busy. We're gonna be busy. Joey, keep taping. Girls, get up on the steps. I want to ask you something. DJ, so how's it feel to finally be retiring as Queen Bee? Great, I'm way too old for this outfit. It's time to pass my antenna on to the bees of the future. Do the secret honeybee hello. Okay, but I cannot allow this on tape. <laughs> That's Grandma. We got a buzz off. Okay, come here, Michelle. Here's the baby's bag. Oh, yeah. Here's the baby. There you go. Bye. Bye. See you later, boys. Bye. See you later, boys. Okay, so, as I've said, a lot of season one episodes, I haven't really seen a whole bunch. 
Especially when it comes to podcasting, I will kind of distance myself. Unless it's a holiday episode like Christmas, Thanksgiving. But in watching this again, I'm kind of looking at Bob Saget. And I know how they kind of put, like, like pancake makeup or something to kind of... For the camera and the lights and all that. And I don't know whether it's the makeup stuff that they're, they're touching up their faces with, but... With Bob Saget, and the thing is, it almost looks like, and I don't know if this was a thing in 87, you know, spray tans. It looks like either that, or or he got a, maybe a light sunburn. I don't know, I don't know, because right around, like, his eyes and his nose, it's almost like he had, was wearing, like, goggles or something, and maybe they are like, using, like, a spray tan or some type of something and they weren't hitting his eyes, of course, because you don't want to do that. But it just it just looks like that. Like you can really see, like, it's really, and this is a portable Blu-ray player. So it's really picking up things that in standard deaf television we never would have. I mean, we didn't have the capability to rewind and pause, rewind and pause. But it just seems like... Right around his eyes, he had sunglasses, he had goggles or something, and he's doing a spray tan, or, like I said, the makeup they use on the actors before they go on stage, you know, for the lights and the, the cameras and all that stuff. So, when Danny shuts the door behind the girls, he goes over to where Jesse and Joey are sitting on the couch. Jesse's, you know, trying to write lyrics. Joey's reading the newspaper, which he finds out there's a Three Stooges, uh, party or competition or something in town because they're kind of thinking of what to do but Danny goes over and like hey guys there's no kids in the house listen do you hear that and Joey says I don't hear anything and Danny says exactly <laughs> he said this is a kid-free weekend and I'm thinking yeah the last time you had a kid-free weekend you were eight, like 19 years old, 18, 19, you were in high school. Because he had DJ, like, right almost, like, between the end of high school and college, because that's why he and Pam got, you know, they eloped. They got married at 19. So, yeah. It just... <laughs> it just the idea, like, there's no kids, you know, they're not having to take care of Michelle, or, you know, there's not a lot of noise, you know, a lot of activity going on in the house. And it's almost like a breath of fresh air. Like, okay, it's like the possibilities are endless for less than 24 hours before the kids come back. We have endless possibilities of what we can do. Right away, Joey and Jesse both being, they are single bachelors. You know, they're not a widower like Danny. Whereas Jesse is like, hey, let's meet some ladies. As soon as that is out of his mouth, we see Danny look very crestfallen. Clearly, yes, he is not ready to date. It's, and we'll find out just how long after Pam has passed away. Yeah, Jesse, as soon as Jesse says, I got an idea, let's get some girls. And Joey's like, great. Danny just has this, like, uh, I don't know if I want to do that. Three Stooges Festival downtown. 
Because it seems like, yeah, even in the 80s, it's like you're still enjoying stuff, like, from 20 or 30 years ago. Like, right now, we're in 2022, and we're still... Anything 80s, anything 90s is just so big right now. And I'm just thinking, wait till we get to, like, 2050 or 2065. I'm going to be so up there. (laughs) I'm going to be, like, in my 70s or close to 80s by that time. But it's just, I bet any, I bet by the time we hit 2050, we're going to be like thinking about, remember the early aughts? Remember the zero zero and the zero ones, the single digits before we got to the teens and the twenties? <laughs> I swear, if we start looking back on that time, like we do now with the eighties and nineties, I'm just gonna be like, Because <laughs> to me, I mean, eighties and nineties was my childhood. The early aughts, that was basically my early adult years. Not that they weren't great, but it's just like, that wasn't my generation, the 2000s. Yeah, Joey says, you can meet some really fun girls there. And the great part is, they don't mind if you poke them in the eye. I still wouldn't. Joey, what kind of ladies are you finding? I mean, honestly, how many ladies are going to be going to the three series just saying? It seems like a bunch of people Joey's age that were into the Three Stooges. I mean, they got enough interest to have a festival? I mean, if they have a festival, where are they having a marathon of, like, the TV shorts or the movies? I mean, I didn't watch Three Stooges. I never even saw the remake from, like, 2005. When did that come out? Was that, like, 05? Let's find out. There's, like, um, Teen Three Stooges TV shows and movies and such three stooges let's see oh it's a it's a movie wait what is that that's not what i'm looking for maybe if i put three as in the number stooges the three stooges 1963 oh it's oh filmography why is it talking about the actor what in the world that's not what i'm looking for oh my gosh I just want to look up the Three Stooges movie. Do I got to put movie at the end of it? Oh, it says, is that a TV? That's a TV movie with the Three Stooges. That must be uh, Three Stooges show, show 1960s. Uh, IMDb. Ran from 60 to 72. Uh, IMDb, you're useless. Oh my gosh. They're so, these are some weird movies. Three Stooges in orbit. The Three Stooges meet Hercules? Snow White and the Three Stooges? Oh my gosh. What am I looking at? <laughs> oh my goodness. Shep Howard, Larry Fine, Curly Howard, and Mo Howard. So then Larry Fine is the one that isn't related. And these guys look like they could be related. Uh, untitled Three Stooges. Oh, from 2015? There's like a billion of these. Whoopi Goldberg was in the Three Stooges. Where? From 2015? This is a documentary. What in the world? Okay, let's move on from whatever this is supposed to be. The Three Stooges go around the world in a daze. The new Three Stooges. That's an anime. Oh, from Bazooka Gum? Ran from 65 to 65, 197 episodes. 
Bazooka Gum put out a Three Stooges cartoon. That is, wow. A hundred million of those movies. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Danny right away is like, I don't know about this. And Jesse cuts him off saying, no, 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 I got a better idea. I get on my Harley, you follow in the country squire, but not too close, so that way it doesn't look like we're going to the same place. It's nighttime, it's going to be dark, no one is going to see you and think, oh, well, that station wagon looks like it's following that Harley. I wonder where they're going. <laughs> yeah, it's nighttime, nobody cares. Ben cruise up to Tahoe. How far is Tahoe from San Francisco? Yeah, I like how he says cruise when it's like a three hour and 21 minute drive with light traffic. It's 204 or 226 miles. Good grief. Don't ever say cruise and a trip being three hours and 21 minutes. I mean, I guess it could be a cruise depending on what time of night they're driving and there's everyone else's home or sleeping or at a Three Stooges festival. Harrah's. Oh, like that Hera, Bera, whatever thing from Lake Tahoe um, from the season two Lucky Lady. Or was it Harem Scarum? I don't know. Anyway, Harrah's is having a Marilyn Monroe look-alike night. So basically, a lot of these references here are for when the guys grew up in like the 60s and stuff. Like Jesse's like, hey, let's go to an Elvira lookalike contest. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, a lookalike night or something like that. A Farrah Fawcett, I, I don't know, gathering or what, something to that effect. It says Harris Hotels and Casinos in Las, uh, so it's in Las Vegas. So I'm guessing Las Vegas and Lake Tahoe or somewhere within the vicinity of each other. I couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> well, if in the vicinity it's referring to eight hours and nine minutes, then yes, Lake Tahoe and Las Vegas are close to each other within eight hours. <laughs> if you're hit, if you're going to Lake Tahoe, you know, hey, let we're we're in Nevada, right? Let's that is in Nevada, right? Gosh, see now I'm making myself sound like a stoop. Um, <laughs> wait a minute, hold on a second. Oh no, Lake Tahoe is just on the tail edge not on the tail but like off to the like just on the where nevada and california meet i don't whatever anyway <laughs> so, like vegas towards the very end of nevada like on the tippy tippy tip bottom of uh nevada and Danny is being, you know, having been married for over 10, 11 years. It's like, how do you know about this? And Jesse looks at him and says, how do you not know about this? Well, how about the fact that, again, Danny's been married for 11 years. I don't think he's going out trolling for babes when he's married. He, he, he could care less about Marilyn Monroe lookalike night or the Three Stooges festival. Jesse's a single guy. Of course he's going to know all the, the hideabouts and the, the places that the ladies are. Which is really interesting because in Mad Money, which I will cover during Joey's, or no, during Jesse's musical career letter journey, I believe in, I think it's May and June? 
because it's a two month because there's a lot of episodes to cover during that but uh Jesse comes home with a Marilyn Monroe lookalike lady at the end of the episode from his rock and roll forever show that he did where he dressed up like Elvis and Danny just wants to hang out with the guys like hey the kids aren't here it's the three of us we're just chilling let's go have a boys night just the three of us Joey and Jesse are not about that it's like Danny we can hang out like any time you know, at any time, if the kids go to bed, we can go and chat while they're scrubbing out the 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 tub or or whatever. While we're having a nice cup of coffee at like ten o'clock at night and everything like that, we can all sit down. We can have a boys instead of a boys' night out. We'll have a boys' night in. Basically, we'll play cards. We'll have you know sodas, what have you. But there's only the, the Marilyn Monroe and the, and the Three Stooges as a, uh, it's, you do it tonight or it's not going to be in town for another year. If they get enough people and they can afford to do it the next year. If not enough people show up, they're like, well, no one showed up into the Three Stooges or the Marilyn Monroe thing. So we're not doing it next year. We'll focus on Elvira or Farrah Fawcett <laughs> lookalike contest. Let's go out together and just do some male bonding. <sighs> and that would be me. Like, Danny, I work all day. Same as you. I just want to let loose and hang. Okay? I see you all the time. Every day, seven days a week. I want to get out of the house and see other people that I don't know. Danny, uh... Joey and Jesse just look at him like, that is the furthest thing from my mind. That is the least fun thing I could think of doing right now. It's like they look at Danny confused like, um, okay. They can't get the concept. What do you mean, male, you mean hang out together? Wait, aren't we doing that right now just by standing in the same room? We're hanging out. We're bonding right now just by having a conversation together. Isn't that good enough? Jesse says, male bonding? Hey, Joey, you want to bond? No, I, I, unless you are a girl who's into Three Stooges, no, I don't want to bond. All I want, Joey says, is a woman who at just the right moment goes, I'm sorry, I can't do it as good as Joey. I try. I can't do it. Joey, you are so much more successful at that than I am. His impressions, you're just, oh, so much better than I could ever do. I try, though, don't I? Yeah, I do. Danny honestly does look like he has got a very panicked and uncomfortable look on his face. Guys, t time out, okay? Just step back for a second. And he says, I. I can't do it. His hands are actually shaking. He is he is downright scared. He says, it's only been five months since I lost Pam. So yeah, it hasn't even been half a year yet. And the thing is, there's no set time to after when your spouse moves on from this life. 
there's no set time that says, oh, it's been six months, it's been a year. Get out and date. They would want you to do that. You don't know what they would want. You really don't. And it's not your place to say. When the time is right, that person, they will know in their heart. Like, okay. Especially when they find someone that they want to spend time with and that they like and they're compatible with. Like, I really enjoy spending time with you. You know, you're all like, you know, ever think about and stuff. And your spouse, I can imagine, would want that for you. They would want you to be happy. They would want you to find love again. Like, don't just sit around closed off in your bedroom with the, you know, in the dark, just, you know, pining away thinking, I'm never going to love again. I'm never going to give my heart away to anyone else. And, you know, teach their own with how they deal with that. But there are, you know, you don't have to live your life alone. If you want to, great. I'm not saying you have to go out and meet someone for the sake of meeting someone. But if you if you do go out there, you might a nice, interesting person. You don't have to date them. But you can share company with them. It doesn't have to involve evolve into a relationship. But just, you don't have to define it. You don't have to just, hey, we're hanging out. That's all we're doing. We're just chatting. We're talking about stuff we have in common. That's all you're doing. You don't have to define. I don't understand the whole thing to define the relationship. What are we exactly? And, and, and this kind of thing. Especially if you've, you're just hanging out. If you've been hanging out off and on for like a couple months or something to that effect. Like don't be in a hurry to rush stuff. Just take it slow and have fun. Enjoy the time you're with with a person. And... Danny said, look, hey, guys, don't let me stand in your way. You want to go to the Marilyn Monroe thing? Have at it. Joey, you want to go do the Three Stooges Festival? Be my guest. Don't let me stop you. And it feels like, in a way, yeah, maybe he is being sincere, but it almost feels like he is kind of guilty. And I'm like, hey, just, I'll be here alone. Danny, me by myself. And he says, oh, I'll be fine. I'll just stay home alone, you know, change the, 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 part, the part of my hair, possibly. He doesn't do that. This hair, honestly, it's not bad hair. Season one, Danny hair is nice. Season, uh, season three, Danny hair, mm-mm, no. Season five, Danny hair, uh, no. But season six, seven, and eight, Danny hair, yes, 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 I really, really like. Yeah, Danny is pretty much just sulking, like, yeah, you guys go out, party with strangers, have fun. Jesse and Joey just fold their arms. They sit and they're leaning against the back of the couch here. Same with Danny. Danny is just sulking. Like if I guilt them, like, oh yeah, I'll be fine. Go have fun with them. Blah, blah, blah. Both, yeah. Joey and Jesse fold their arms like basically rolling there is like never mind. Danny, what do you want to do? You want to do male bonding? What do you want to do? You want to go out to uh, buffet, you want to go bowling, what, fishing, fishing, really, oh my goodness, well, we are surrounded by water, so, yeah, sure, if you want to go fishing, I guess, oh, I'm never going to get this smell out of my clothes for weeks, weeks, I tell you, even after it's washed, still smells like fish, my goodness, yeah, they're like, we'll do whatever you want, whatever you want, we promise, we'll go with it, 
Danny is all smiles like, oh my gosh, you guys, you are not going to regret this. I swear, you will not even think about women when you see what I've got in store for you. It's going to be great. Wait, let me get my stuff. <laughs> Jesse and Joey just like, what? <laughs> Let's go fishing. Danny's got his fish vest on. He's got his wooden tackle box. That looks like it weighs like 30 plus pounds. He's got three fishing rods, which those just look like they would poke. They would poke into your hand. It would just be uncomfortable. Don't they make like, you know how they have like, like the cue, like the cue sticks for pool, like how they have, yeah, that's another thing. They could have went play pool. Granted, if they went to a bar, they'd end up meeting women, which is not what Danny wants. Anyway, so like a cue ball stick. I'm sure I'm saying the term wrong. They have like things, right? They got like. Like, uh, holders, you know, to keep the thing from getting whatever, keeping it safe. Don't they have anything? They, I swear they must have something for fishing rods that you can carry. Like a carrying bag. I'm going to look that up because I want to know. Oh, yeah, they make cases. Oh, yeah, they do. They do make cases for fishing rods. Cool. And he says, the Neptune's Bride sails at midnight. Wow, that is, a, and, and this is 1987. It's not like you're, like, booking a tour online somewhere. Like, hey, this Neptune's Bride sails at midnight, apparently. They're going out at midnight? Okay, come on. I mean, what time did the girls leave? Eight? I'm in, I'm in bed before midnight. I'm telling you right now. I don't do anything after midnight if I can help it. As far as, you know, that comes to my job. Like, no, 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 no. I don't like being out after at that time. It's just... <laughs> if I can help it. Honestly, honestly, honestly. <clears throat> you know what they say? Nothing good happens after midnight. Or maybe that's 2 a.m. I don't know. But still... Guys, there's no children in the house. You hear what I hear? Do you I don't hear, hear anything? What I hear. Exactly. It's silence. Huh. What? What are you gonna say? I can't believe this. I have no parental responsibilities. <laughs> this is great. No, that's not true. I really miss my kids. No, that's not true. This is great. Right. Let's party, boys. I got an idea. Let's get some girls. Great. There's a uh, Three Stooges festival downtown. You can meet some really fun girls there, and the great part is they don't mind if you poke them in the eye. I don't know about this. No, no, no. I got a better idea. I get on my Harley. You guys follow me in the country squire. Not too close. Cruise up the Tahoe. Harris is having a Marilyn Monroe lookalike night. How do you know about this? How do you not know about this? <laughs> Guys, we've never had a boys' night out, just the three of us. Let's go out together yeah, and just do some male bonding. <laughs> male bonding? Joe, you want to bond? <laughs> All I want is a woman who, just the right moment, goes whoop, 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 whoop. Guys, time out. 
I can't do this. It's only been five months since I lost Pam. Hey, don't let me stand in your way. I'll be fine. I'll just stay home alone. Maybe change the part in my hair. <laughs> you guys go out. Have a great time. Never mind. Okay, we're available for bonding. Do whatever you want, I promise. Great. You are not even going to think about women when you see what I've got in store for you. <laughs> Let's go fishing. Neptune's bride sails at midnight. So Joey comes out from his little alcove room. This being early on season one, he's kind of in the alcove with a cot set up for a bed. He also has this mannequin that I believe will later on be wearing a hockey jersey, Red Wings jersey, I believe, when Joey is in his downstairs basement bedroom. But right now, the mannequin has on what Joey was wearing in the opening scene, which was the night sky blue with the solar system of all the planets displayed. Right now, what Joey is wearing is definitely, it just looks like someone from the 80s who has a lot of money, who owns boats, yachts especially. I guess you could even refer to this as kind of yuppie-ish. <clears throat> it just it just seems kind of tropish of you know in those movies oh you see them with a blue bl dark blue blazer with a crest on the pot front of the pocket. Joey's wearing a denim or no just a light blue button up shirt underneath with a red shirt underneath that. He's wearing a ship it just definitely it just screams 80s yuppie millionaire with a big yacht <laughs> and joey says i've been looking for an excuse to wear this <laughs> i bet you have it, it looks like something maybe he even would include in his stand-up routine so yes danny is dressed like someone who's fishing and the thing is in the opening at least i believe in season one there is a shot of him with the girls fishing off the dock. Whether it's at Fisherman, Fisherman's Wharf, I don't know. But, and now going back to it, I think John Posey, who played Danny just before Bob Saget was cast, I think he filmed the opening for the show, you know, the theme and all that. That might be him, because we only see the back of Danny, so, and, I don't know, go back and check it out, but I, I think that was one shot that's got John Posey in it as 1.0 Danny Tanner. <laughs> Jesse comes down wearing his leather jacket, his black pants, his low-buttoned red collared top and uh he's got a wallet down a chain like you did he couldn't look like less like he's going fishing if he were going to launch on silvers to eat fish i don't know that probably doesn't make any sense but even still it's like danny is really the only one that is dressed for going fishing Joey looks like he's dressed to just stand there and just, I'm not going to take part in the fishing, but I'll watch you catch fish. 
that. And he's already like, oh, let's get this night of male bonding over with. And Danny just looks at Jesse like, what are you wearing? We're going fishing, remember? Yeah, really, leather jacket doesn't kind of restrict your arm movements. You're going to be holding the fishing pole. I mean, honestly, I think later when we do see Jesse, he's not wearing his leather jacket. Yeah, Danny says, Jesse, we're going fishing. You look ridiculous. I'm like, Danny. I agree with Jesse. It was like, it's, what do you say, Paul the human fish stick? <laughs> well, it's not like he's wearing a yellow slicker like Gordon's fisherman. The fish food, the fish food, the frozen fish products. That is honestly the only fish I eat is either Gordon food, Gordon foods. Gordon's Fisherman or Long John Silver. So I know what you're saying. That's not real fish. But teach their own. You know, I fish occasionally as a kid. Teenager. Never really caught on. It was just something to do. So. And my dad would make fish. And then my, my grandma would also make fish. And I mean, it was good, but I wasn't going out of my way as an adult to make... I, I honestly, as an adult, would not mind going out there and, you know, to wherever, you know, buying some fish. I think we usually would have, um, it's not try. I think it was like, I don't know, maybe it could have been bluegill. I'm not sure. It was something. It was like a common fish. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Oh, no! <laughs> when Danny says... Jesse, you look ridiculous. Jesse looks over at Joey, and the patch on the pocket, or the pocket of Joey's yuppie blazer has an anchor on the front of it. And of course it's got a, um, it's not a hanky, it's a, it's a something, I, I can't remember what it's called, those things are called. Jesse basically rolls his eyes looking at Joey and says, I look ridiculous. Have you seen Mr. Uh, yuppie Boatman here? <laughs> yeah. Hey, saved by the phone. How about that? I'm sure they probably thought it was the girls just checking up. Joey answers the phone. <laughs> Again, rich, like he's just impersonating some rich guy. I, I can't do it. Gilligan's living room. Something like that. Wait, what? Hold on, what is this? Joey's like, oh, wait, I'm not supposed to answer the phone. Well, probably because when you pick up the line, you do voices. And the person probably calling is confused, thinking, I thought that was was the Tanner house? This, uh, It is the Tanner house, right? I mean, Jesse Katopoulos lives here? Okay, good. Yeah, I can see why they don't want him answering the phone. You're confusing people. So as soon as Joey's like, oh yeah, Jesse's here. Jesse kind of crooks the finger like, all right, come on, Joey, give me the phone. Joey, <laughs> back to when landlines had the longest phone cords and you could apparently run around the couch in circles until you run out of cord. Because <laughs> he starts, Joey starts walking, jumping on the couch to get away from Jesse. Not so much the cord that's long, it's the clear cord that would probably be plugged into uh, an outlet in the wall. Because you're always like, no way, get out of town, the Roxana, the rock star Roxana. 
if someone's calling for Jesse, it's probably a lady. It's gotta be a lady. So, Joey pulls the phone away from his ear, turns to Jesse and says, Jesse, how do you know Roxana? So, basically, Roxana and Jesse had a thing going on. It was great. It was wonderful. She became successful. And... Jesse didn't. So I think he must have ended stuff because she was going on tour. She didn't have time for him. And maybe I think a bit of jealousy there because, but you can't measure your success based on someone else's success. Just if someone up is, someone else <clears throat> is high up at the moment, you know, well, why can't I have that? And it's like, well, it's not that Jesse isn't, I don't know how much work Jesse puts into his music. It seems like he's an exterminator right now. On the weekends, he does covers, probably gigs and whatnot, with his band. But I think for them, the most part, it's it's a hobby. It's something you do at the end of a, a work week. It's not like... I mean, Jesse, in some form, is trying to eventually make a career out of this. But with everything else juggling life, it gets kind of knocked down on the list. Kind of like towards season eight, when Jesse's got his radio show, he's got the Smash Club, he's got his family, you know, with Becky and Nikki and Alex. And music, again, just gets pushed down to, like, one of those, when I have time to fit it in an hour, then you guys can come over and we can jam. But it's not like... He's selling out stadiums and concert or halls and stuff like that, and venues. If that were the case, his music would be the main focus. But since he's not making a lot of money on it, it's not really proving to be too successful. You know, that's why you always have a main thing up front. You have your hobby as your side until it, you know, proves to be... <laughs> Something that could take up more of your focus. When it starts to become successful, like, okay, so move this a little to the forefront now, and something else can be slid to the back burner. Yeah, so basically, she became a big star. She was on the road. Like, Joey, just give me the phone, please. And Joey goes back to the phone. Is this true? So you're telling me you think that because Joey had the phone pulled away from his ear that Roxana is going to pick up any conversation that's happening? Not going through the phone? <laughs> Come on, now. And if I've been on the phone, like, with somebody, right, and there's someone talking in the background, unless they're close by, you think I'm going to hear what they're saying? Oh, someone's watching TV in the background. I wonder what they're watching. I'm not going to be able to tell. Why do I care? I don't. And Roxana says, yeah, it's all true. And Joey takes the phone away from his ear, puts it up against his chest, says, Story checks out. Like, okay, here's the phone. No, no. Joey's gonna keep talking to her. So, Roxana, about your new album. Oh, my goodness. And Jesse says, Joseph, you leave me no choice. He takes the phone cord, wraps it around Joey's neck tightly, until Joey finally gives him the phone. Good grief. And Jesse says, Joey, say goodbye. And Joey says, goodbye. Ugh. Honestly, if we still had landlines with cords like that, there would probably be, like, this is being recalled because due to, you know, possible strangulation. You know, kids, like, playing with it and wrapping it around their neck and everything. It's just like, yeah, you gotta be careful with that. That's why you really don't see 
I was so thrilled when my dad got a cordless phone. Not a cell phone, but a cordless phone. We went from landline corded phone to a cordless phone that you could take wherever. I actually tried to, um, I think I got as far as close to the mailbox before the signal went out on the cordless phone. I just wanted to see the range, which honestly, that's not horrible. I mean, I'm sure whoever I was talking to is starting to cut out like, okay, it's about here. So Jesse takes the phone and he's like, hello. Yeah, I'm sorry, that was Joey. He was raised by a pack of really stupid wolves. <laughs> well, Joey, my Joey's mane, his mane is not even a mane. It's a mullet. You want to see mane hair Joey, you go to season eight. That's mane hair Joey right there. But yeah, he's just catching up. Like, hey, how you doing? That's great. Yeah, my music. Oh, my music is excellent. Oh, my goodness, yes. So busy. Of course, Joey and Jesse are right on the other side of Jesse listening in to the phone call. <laughs> Joey says, that's great. Yeah, it's not going good at all. And the fact that since it's Jesse and the Rippers, they don't really get a say in any type of creative, like, oh, you're writing songs? Hey, how about let us help you with that? You know, we got ideas, too. You know, we're, we're the Rippers. We are part of the band. We can help you with the songwriting. Honestly, you know how they say two heads, three heads, four heads are better than one? Yeah, there you go. You could get some more songs written if you included your other band members, Jesse. They may even come up with better songs. And Joey says, you could. You told me you couldn't even find a job. He works for his dad. Season two is when Jesse starts in advertising, which I can't even remember how that even came to be. Like, did he look through the classifieds and just think like, hey, let me write a jingle for this. See if you like it. If you do, great. I'm just, I'm trying to think. Once we get to that episode, I think it's, it's not my job. I believe that's from season two. That is going to be a double feature with um, Jesse and Joey. With Jesse and his dad. And then Joey and his dad is the one where Joey goes on stage for Wayne Newton. Or before Wayne Newton, I guess. So, yeah. I think, I don't know whether I'll call that episode Daddy Issues or not. Daddy Issues is a double feature. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, he works for his dad as an exterminator right now. But eventually he tries, you know, to break away from that. Jesse looks at Joey and just says, beat it, wolf boy. Like, I'm on the phone. That's another thing about a corded phone. You want to have a private conversation? Good luck. Especially if your phone is in the kitchen and you only have one phone. My goodness. That's why they probably made those extra long, 20-foot long phone cords so you could take the phone into, like, a side room or the bathroom or something to get privacy. Like, oh, mom's on the phone. I guess I better be banished to the basement or banished to the be my bedroom or somewhere where I can't overhear. She's talking about something really important that I'm not supposed to know about. So, Okay. To the basement it is. I'm going to go play with my toys. So Jesse's one's like, oh, it would be really nice to see you again. Oh, yeah, tonight. I mean, yeah, tonight would be great. J Danny on the other, like, Jesse, you promised. Who knows if this girl's going to be in town again? She's in town right now. She's probably going to be going on tour again shortly. 
If they want to go, hey, hey, you can go fishing anytime. Take the whole, well, the whole point is the guys doing, you know, guide things, you know, that stuff. But yeah, again, they can bond whenever, wherever. You want to go on to, you want to have like, go to Long John Silver's, they got fish. They got fish. Go to Red Lobster's, they got fish. Well, they got lobster. I don't know, they might have fish. I don't know, but honestly, you could go to a Long John Silver's and it could be like the same thing, only without the pole, you know, fishing poles and the putting the bait on the hook. You know, all that stuff. You can skip all that and just go to Long John Silver's and have some. I don't work at Long John Silver's, I promise you. I do not. I just, I like the fish, but I definitely, the main thing I get there is the shrimp. I love their shrimp. It's so good. He starts doing a fishing, really like you're casting out your your fishing rod line. And then he does a little, boop, I can't, little, <laughs> the little water droplet bloop sound. Honestly, I mean, Dave Cooley is good with the sound effects and the impressions. He actually did do the voice. I thought it was, was it Animal and Gonzo from Muppet Babies? He might have. Because I remember in um, the Triple Date scenario, he, uh, season two, he did a voice, uh, the voice of Kermit and Animal. It was just really, really good. Oh, Jesse gets back and I'm like, I, well, I can't tonight. I'm going fishing. I'm going, I'm going yachting. We're going to be on a yacht, a really nice yacht. He's going yachting on a boat. <laughs> Big party, Neptune's bride. So that's kind of how she finds him because uh, all he had to do, <laughs> you only had the phone book to look like. Let's see, Neptune's fisherman's warp. Oh, all right. That's where we're headed driving there because there are no taxis out at this time of night and there's no such thing as uber so yeah oh so, we didn't have cell phones back then guys but we managed we managed somehow we did we survived okay i gotta ask y'all do you like caviar have you had caviar what about pate have you had pate uh i don't know i i don't know if i would be up for it i would have to take a large sum of money it's a bet to eat caviar. So I'm saying anywhere between $50,000 to $100,000. That would be somewhere around that ballpark. And I might, I would try one caviar. I think they're fish eggs, right? Yeah. So he's like, yeah, there's going to be party, champagne, you know, caviar, all that. He's making her think it's a big yacht. Like, it's really not. And Jesse's like, all right, good. I'll call you in the morning. In the morning? Oh, my goodness. So she probably like, hey, why don't we just go out for lunch tomorrow or breakfast or whatever in the morning. He's like, yeah, I'll call you in the morning then. He gets off the phone and Danny says, thanks, Jesse, you're not going to regret this. Ugh. How can you compare fishing at midnight to hanging out with a really cool rock star lady? Very attractive young woman. Very attractive. Definitely 80s hair, 80s guy. It's, it's 87. It's 87. Even when 1990 hit, I mean, I was eight, but we were still dressing in the 80s. So, I mean, we didn't go full 90s till what, maybe 92, 93? I'm guessing. But yeah, he says, why would I want to hang out with a beautiful rock star when I can hang out with 
Thurston Paul the Third or something, and Paul the Human Fish Stick. Oh, Mr. Paul the Human Fish Stick. I've been dying for a place to wear this outfit. <laughs> All right, let's get this wonderful, fun-filled, magical night of bonding over with. Jesse, we're going fishing. You look ridiculous. Have you looked at Joey? I look ridiculous. <laughs> Gilligan's living room. Oh, wait, don't hang up. Sorry, I'm not supposed to answer the phone. Uh, I see why. Yes, Jesse's here. Who may say he's calling? Give me the phone. No! Get out of town! The Roxanna, the rock star Roxanna. Come on, Jesse, how do you know Roxanna? All right, we had this hot and heavy thing for a while. No, actually, it was kind of serious. We, we dated, and she became a big star on the road. So we drifted apart. Give me the phone. <laughs> Is this true? Your story checks out. So, Roxanne, about your new album. Joseph, you'd leave me no choice. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Oh, I'm sorry, that was Joey. He was raised by a family of really stupid wolves. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing great, yeah. Oh, my music. Oh, my music's going really well. Yeah. That's great. You told me you couldn't even find a job. Beat it, wolf boy. You know, it'd, uh, it'd be really nice to see you again. Tonight, yeah, tonight would be good. Jesse, you promised. <laughs> but actually, uh, I can't tonight. <laughs> no, I'm going fishing. I'm going boating. I'm going yachting, actually. I'm going, I'm going yachting on a boat, yeah. Uh, we're having a big party. Neptune's bride. Yeah. Champagne, caviar, what have you. All right, good. I'll call you in the morning. Bye. Thanks, Jesse. You're not going to regret this. Oh, why would I want to hang out with a big, beautiful rock star when I could spend the evening with Thurston Howell III <laughs> and Mr. Paul, the human fish stick? So Danny takes him out to the dock where Neptune's bride is roped up and Danny, it's just, he is just, Jesse clearly, I mean, you can tell he's not into, he's just, <sighs> Joey, of course, dressed the part <laughs> as a, again, uh, yuppie yacht man. Danny, <laughs> uh, isn't this great? A night of men doing manly things. Danny is gripping those three fishing rods like his life depends on it. Because neither Joey nor Jesse is making a go for the... Oh, yeah, let me take uh, take this rod. Joey, you can take your pick of rods because we know Jesse ain't going to fight you for it. <laughs> Danny keeps going on about the manliness of fishing and just saying there's not a manlier man than the old salty dog who pilots this vessel. Old Captain Jack, where you be? 
And, of course, here we have Caroline, his granddaughter, <laughs> says, He be retired. I'm his granddaughter, Caroline. Well, doesn't that just put a wrench in Danny's plan? Someone just left the air out of this <laughs> male bonding trip. But Danny, I mean, he's a good sport. He tries to roll with it. Like, other than, you know, Captain Caroline, just us guys having a guy's night out. He says, yeah, I'll be your captain this evening. She, she, she shakes Danny's hand. He does not go to make a move to shake hers. And, of course, Jesse says, oh, yeah, man, men don't come any manlier. Oh, my gosh. Well, if Danny is upset by Captain Caroline, <laughs> he is going to be rolling because here comes Roxana and her two backup singers. They tracked Jesse down. Yeah, didn't he say that they where they would be docked? I mean, I doubt she had to look at a phone book. Like, yeah, we'll figure it out. I got, I don't know how many years it's been since he's seen her, but he takes one look at her and he says, Roxana, have mercy. Oh my goodness. No, we saved to have mercies for Becky. Even though he hasn't met. And I was just telling Jeremy about that last night. I'm like, you know what? I don't think Becky would have liked season one, Jesse. Just the long hair. Just uh, machoish attitude. I mean, he still kind of had the machoishness, which she kind of sanded that down over the years. Which, yeah. So apparently she is going on tour tomorrow. She says, I tracked you down. He's like, oh, what are you doing here? Yeah, I tracked you down. I just... Had to see you before I go on tour tomorrow. Her hair, wow, it's, um, it's not great. <laughs> I mean, it is 80s blown out heavy metal hair, so. Other than that, yeah, she is a very attractive woman, and it just, uh, again, breaks my heart for what happens down the road. Not to the character, but to the actress. Yvonne and Vega, the backup singers. Again, also, you know, it's 87. The hair is big. It is teased. It is primped. It is permed. It's crimped. My sister had a crimping tool. She used that a lot. They got champagne. They are gonna... <laughs> Didn't Jesse say that when he was out there? Like, oh, yeah, Jonah, champagne, all that fun stuff. Joey's all for it. It's like, oh, I'm happy. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Yeah, and Roxanne says, Jesse, this isn't a yacht. Well, of course it's not. Have you looked at your surroundings? I wouldn't want to be there after midnight. I wouldn't even want to be there after 9 p.m. at night because it doesn't look safe. It almost looks like it's like a leather halter top that she's or bustier or something to that effect that Roxana is wearing. It's just, she's no more dressed to fish than Jesse is with his leather jacket and uh, leather, leather gloves, guys. You don't need leather gloves to fish. In fact, you might not want to have that stuff on because it's probably going to stink of fish. Jesse, of course, is just like, yeah, oh, last time I ever rent a yacht from a guy named Ice Pick. Ladies, uh, it might be Vega. She says, so what? This isn't a party? And Danny clarifies. Finally, Danny, Danny says something. He's like, we're here to fish. There's no party. 
<laughs> Joey goes between Vega, Vega and Yvonne and says, there is now. So, yeah, it's kind of like we got three girls. Wait, no, four girls. And Dan, I'm surprised Danny just, just, like, you guys do whatever on the boat. I'm going to go fish off the dock or something to that effect. Or I'm surprised he's like, you guys say I'm going to go home. Because he ends up having a really sourpuss attitude the rest of the night. Because his night is pretty much ruined. Again, I said you could have just went along John Silver's. You could have your fish there and, you know, had your guy's night in a booth. Ahoy, mateys. There she be. Neptune's bride. The finest lady to sail the seven seas. Arg, I say we mount her. It's border, squidhead. Isn't this great? A night of men doing manly things. You know, there isn't a manlier man among men than the old salty dog who pilots this vessel. Old Captain Jack, where you be? He be retired. I'm his granddaughter, Carolyn. I'll be your captain this evening. <laughs> oh, yeah, men don't come any manlier. Okay, so except for old Captain Caroline, it's boys' night out. Manly men doing masculine things. <laughs> Jesse. Santa. Have mercy. <laughs> Come here. What are you doing here? I tracked you down. I'm going on tour tomorrow, and I just had to see you. These are my backup singers. I'm Yvonne. I'm Vega. I'm happy. <laughs> Jeffy, this isn't a yacht. Oh, yeah, you're telling me. First time I ever run a yacht from a guy named Ice Pick. <laughs> so what? There's not a party? We're here to fish. There's no party. There is now. Yeah. All right, that's Joey, that's Danny. Here, which one's Yvonne, which one's Yvonne? So we do see the boat apparently is now on the open water. It's no longer tied to the dock. We got Roxana, Jesse, Yvonne, Vega, and Joey all toasting to themselves, apparently, and we're having a party on Neptune's Bride. Oh my, was Joey, you listen when I played the clip, but was Joey doing that power lap? Ah, 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 ah. Apparently, <laughs> whether they just find Joey fu actually funny or they just had a few sips of champagne to make them giggly, I don't know, <laughs> but they're like, ah, 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 that's so funny, Joey, you're a funny guy. So Danny actually was helping Caroline with the anchor. And Danny's like, yeah, you know, this is just, I'm all for fishing and all that good stuff. I live for this stuff. And Danny puts his arms like, well, look at me. Did I forget anything? And she tells Danny that he could be the centerfold for field and stream. Okay, Danny comes to break up the little gathering and say, oh, excuse me, girls, boys, it's time for fishing. Hey, they're chilling, man. You go fish, Danny. Go fish. You wanted to fish. Go do it. Why do you all have to be there to do it at this? Why do you all have to fish at the same exact time? Ugh. He practically drags them by their collars away from the girls. 
And Jesse says, boy, am I a happy camper. Like, he is full on forcing this. It's like him trying to force the kids to be happy and not allow them to feel sad for a moment. Like, yeah, you can feel sad for a little bit, you know, when I'm not around. But as soon as I'm in the room, I want to see smiles on those faces. That's not healthy. So Danny holds up the rods and says, all right, Jesse, which one you want? And Jesse says, I, I don't care. And Danny says, well, do you want the, what's it say, dive light flex graphite super flex? Or the Shimano Triton Speedmaster? I don't think, he doesn't want to do this. I'd be like, you know what, Danny, you pick for me, okay? You pick. I'll let you do that. I'll let you have this because you are more invested in this than either Joey or I could ever be. Yeah, even just says, I really don't care. And Danny's like, how can you not care? I'm like, because I don't want to be here right now. I want to be hanging out with them because at least they're not talking about fish and they're not forcing male bonding, which I don't want to do right now. I, I honestly would have unloaded on Danny. I mean, he's trying, but he's just, uh, it's too much. It's too much. When I'm sorry, but when you're trying to force something on somebody, like, I know you don't like to do this, but we're going to do it anyway. And even if you don't like it, pretend that you do. Like, I don't like that. And I just, mm. He keeps going on about the qualities of the Daiwa has a 40-pound test and the Shimano has a 50. Yes, because they're each going to be catching 40-pound or 50-pound fish. I really don't think so. Jesse's like, I don't care, then give me the Daiwa. Ugh. And Danny's like, ooh, the Daiwa and these waters, bad choice. I'm like, I don't care, then give me the whatever, the Shamumu. Ugh. I'm like, look, the sooner we fish, the sooner we get it over with, the sooner we can dock, and the sooner Joey and I can go hang out with Roxana and Vega and Yvonne, because that's what we would rather be doing. Jesse says, I really don't care. Give me a worm and some dental floss. You know that Danny's just doing this because he's avoiding talking to Caroline or, again, just, you know, talking to these ladies. It's like... You don't got to use fishing as a way to avoid what's going on, Danny. I mean, come on. I mean, Joey will hit the nail right on the head with, like, you're avoiding these ladies and talking to them because you're afraid of that Pam isn't going to like that? I don't think. I think she'd be fine if you had a conversation with Captain Caroline. She would be, she would honestly would want you to do that. Like, Danny, please. You're being rude. I'm not saying you got to marry one of these ladies, but it can't hurt you to have a conversation. <laughs> Joe says, I'll take you tomorrow. <laughs> and Jesse says, oh, no, you will not. <laughs> Jesse says, no way I'm getting stuck in these waters with a Daiwa. Daiwa, oh my goodness. Jesse goes over to Roxanne and says, look, I got the Shimano. And she says, the Shimano? And waters like this? Does she fish in her spare time? She might. So Jesse sees the full moon, and then Roxanne brings up the last night they were together, there was a full moon. So they rented a cabin... In Big Sur, I'm guessing 
clip California, and he's like, oh, we went crazy in every room. I'm sure you did. You had a fun time. And then they went down to the beach and had some more fun. <laughs> Jesse says the seals were clapping for us. No, they weren't. And Jesse brings up how that's all ancient history, and Roxana says, yeah, that's all in the past. And he says, just a shooting star that burns itself out. And Roxana says, yes, nothing but memories. And, of course, they kiss. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> he says, yep, the magic's gone as he breaks the kiss. And of course, Danny and Joey start singing. And the thing is, when I would have seen this one, I, showed, I would not have known what they were like. What is the song? It's a theme to the love boat. <laughs> Jesse pops his head between Joey and Danny. says, you guys just butchered a classic. So, one of the ladies like, oh, the champagne's gone. Joey comes over and says, well, ladies, how about a menage of fish? What? <laughs> she says, oh, yeah, we need a lot more champagne. Either these ladies are into Joey in any way, shape, or form. Because he's like, oh, it's kind of sexy over here. Uh-huh. All the rolling and swaying and swaying and rolling. Those girls are going to get seasick. And they just had that champagne. Someone's roping over the side of that boat. Oh, yeah. He's like, swaying and rolling and rolling and swaying and up and down. Both the girls cover their mouths like, oh, oh, excuse us. Yeah. Joey, you did not have to do that. Joey says, yep, know how to push all the right buttons. Yes, you know how to make ladies puke on a boat after having champagne. Way to go, Joey. I don't think that's a skill I would brag about. Uh, Caroline tells Danny we are in a perfect spot. And Danny says, yeah, I'm psyched. I got my lucky pole, my lucky hat, lucky underwear with little sharks on it. <laughs> okay, we didn't need to know that. Thanks, Danny. Say, like, Danny, you can't have a conversation. He's having a conversation with Caroline right now. And she's saying he's funny. It's like, nah, not funny. She's like, oh, yeah, you are. She's like, mm, nah, okay, I guess I am. <laughs> See, you can have a conversation with a lady who's not your wife, and the world isn't going to come to an end. So Danny is going to give Joey a fishing lesson from, quote-unquote, the master. Come on, Joey. You just saw Danny cast his line and all that. You just saw Danny do it. He did not throw with... He's not even really... He's got one hand on the rod. At no time did he throw it over the side of the boat. I get it for laugh purposes, but Joey, come on. You are smarter than that. I'd like to think that you are. And he... Did Danny buy that rod, or did he rent it? Because either way, he's out some money. I feel like, Joey, Stephanie would know not to do this. Why can't you be as smart as Stephanie? Where sometimes it's like Joey needs a babysitter. Danny just looks at Joey shaking us like, you've got to be kidding me. Caroline, I live for this stuff. Well, take a look at me. Did I forget anything? You could be the centerfold for field and stream. <laughs> Excuse me, girls. Boys, it's time for fishing. Oh, boy. 
Am I a happy camper? <laughs> okay, Jesse, what do you want? I don't care. You want the Daiwa Lightweight Graphite Superflex or the Shimano Triton Speedmaster? I really don't care. How could you not care? The Daiwa has a 40-pound test and the Shimano has 50. I don't care. Give me, give me the Daiwa. Ooh, the Daiwa. <laughs> In these waters, bad choice. I don't care. Give me a worm and some dental floss. I'll take the Shimano. The hell you will. No way I'll get you stuck in these waters with a Daiwa. Look <laughs> at this. Got the Shimano. The Shimano? In waters like this? Look at that. It's the full moon. There was a full moon the last night we were together. Remember Big Sur? Remember we ran that cabin all crazy in every little room? Yeah, then we went down to the beach and we got even crazier. Where the seals were clapping for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's ancient history, right? Yeah, it's all in the past. Still. A shooting star that burns itself out. Nothing but memories. Yep, the magic's gone. kind of sexy out here. All the rolling and swaying, swaying and rolling, up and down, down and up. <laughs> yep. I want to push all the right buttons. <laughs> well, we're in a great spot here. Oh, yeah, I'm psyched. I got my lucky pole, a lucky hat, a lucky underwear with little sharks on it. <laughs> But I digress. <laughs> You're kind of funny. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, Joey. It's time for a fishing lesson from the master. All right, Danny, show me how it's done. The art of casting. Click back your winder, keep your thumb on the line, cast forward with a firm flowing motion, release your thumb and let her go. Got it. Click back your winder, keep your thumb on the line, Cast forward with a firm flowing motion. Release your thumb and let her go. All right, so we're on the boat, and yeah, Jesse just caught four fish, and he is just like, oh, wow, another one. It's like they're coming right up into the boat. Danny looks over, and he is just so like, oh, man. Because Danny's caught a big, fat zero, as in zero fish. And it's pretty sad since he is the one that wanted to come fishing in the first place. And Danny's just, I can't believe I haven't caught anything. And, of course, Vega and Yvonne are all like, ah, this makes five for us. They are loving it. 
Danny is being a jerk. He's like, how can this be? <laughs> Look what they're wearing. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. So they're wearing backup dress. Whatever. They're wearing dresses. Sleeveless dress. Who cares? It doesn't matter what you're wearing as long as you're having a good time. And they are. I think it's because Danny has just been sulking the whole time. He's like, because he wants it, again, to be a guy's night. Just the boys, but, you know, we got the ladies here. If you think about it, actually, the ladies outnumber the guys, because we got Yvonne, Vega, Roxana, and Caroline. And one of the ladies looks over, and Danny is like, what is your problem? Danny pulls out his line, and he says, oh, great, my bait is yawning, because it's still on the hook, because no fish wants it. And he starts, like, like hitting, it, it almost looks like a little fish that's on the on his hook for bait. And he's like, wake up, would you wake up? And he's, like, tapping the tail of the little fish. <laughs> Caroline comes over to Danny and asks, Danny, is something wrong? And he asks her, where's the, sco where's the scuba gear? Says there's something sinister going on down there. Oh, I don't think there is, because people are, the only one not catching fish are you. And I don't know, I don't think Joey's catching any fish. It's just Yvonne, Vega, and Jesse. And Caroline asks, like, do you think the fish have gotten together and made a group decision to avoid your hook? And he says, it's the only logical explanation. Then we cut over to Jesse and Roxana. Roxana is just clinging to Jesse, or chin just right on Jesse's shoulder and Jesse's like oh this is so boring reeling in fish after fish after fish and Danny says will you shut up Roxana tells Jesse like oh I wish I could see you more often and he says yeah I know the only time I see you now is on MTV she's on MTV woo wee and again, this is 1987 MTV. This isn't, like, now. MTV, honestly, is not what it used to be because I don't think there are any music videos anymore. It's all reality show, teen mom, stuff like that. It's like, oh, my gosh. And she tells Jesse, I owe a lot of my success to you. So my guess is she was in Jesse's band and then she kind of did her own thing and became successful. He tells her, like, no, Roxanne, you made it because you're good. And he asks her, oh, you know what song you sing in my band? What first song you sing in my band? And she's like, yeah, how can I forget? Rockin' Robin. Oh, my goodness. Again, just... Explains the point that Jesse's band only plays covers. They don't play anything original. So they get into the Rock and Robin song, and it's, I mean, it's good. Um, I honestly would love to know more about, my guess is, um, gosh, what, what's, like, Roxana? Um, I'm thinking of, like that song from Pretty Woman, It Must Have Been Love by Roxette, something like that. It just, I think that's kind of what, because this is just a simple, you know, oldie song that just 
is sung how it's sung. It's it's not she's not using her real vocal like how she you know the music she probably normally performs and stuff like that. This is kind of fun. <laughs> Caroline's kind of hanging out in the background, just like oh I like this. This is a good group of people. And they finish the song, and Danny again picks up his push hook and says, oh. That was almost fun. Danny, you look like he was probably forcing it. He's like, hey, I'm forcing myself to be happy. Uh, uh. Danny's attitude, and it's just, it's horrible. I just, uh. not letting anyone have a good time. Anyone smiling or laughing, he's just making rude comments. Like, how dare you have fun when this was supposed to be a guy's night? So... Apparently, it looks like Danny landed a shark or something because he casts his line out, he gets a bite on something, and he's really struggling with it, and it pulls him overboard, basically. Ay, ay, ay. Granted, remember, they're not fishing from the dock. They're on a boat. They're out at sea. So Joey jumps over, and they all kind of look to Jesse, and Jesse's like, uh, okay a fake splash of course because my guess is they're just jumping on to some type of a protective mat because this is clearly it's on a set a sound stage <laughs> all the ladies look at jesse it's like well someone's gonna jump in and save them <laughs> yeah he takes hands off his wallet to one of the backup seekers and his vest takes off his shoes Joey and Danny both went in fully, I mean, of course, fully, you know, including their shoes and probably their wallets and all that stuff. I mean, Joey did take off his yuppie yacht cap before he jumped in. sinister going on down there. You think the fish have gotten together and made a group decision to avoid your hook? It's the only logical explanation. Oh, so boring, really, and fish after fish after fish. Will you shut up? You know, I wish we could see each other more often. I don't know. The only time I see you now is on MTV. I owe a lot of my success to you. Uh, Actually, no, you made it because you're good. Remember the first song you sang in my band? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> How can I forget? Sure. He rocks in the treetop all That's day it. long. Hop on and bop on and singing his song. All the little birds on Jaybird Street love to hear the robin going tweet, tweet, tweet. Rock and robin, tweet, tweet. Rock and robin, tweet, tweet. Sweet, 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 sweet. Tweet, 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 tweet
Oh, that was almost fun. <laughs> They're all up and I'm like, what are you waiting for? Alright, so it is breakfast time, apparently, and they're all having fish for breakfast. Joy's like, oh, anyone want any more of my halibut, my albacore, my swordfish? And Danny, again, is still sulking. sulking. He's like, shut up. Get it. You caught a bunch of fish and I caught Jack. Jack Diddley. I didn't catch anything. Stop rubbing it in. Jeez, Joey. <laughs> Jesse says, oh, you're just cranky because you got pulled overboard by a Michelin radio. Oh, is a radio another word for a tire? And Danny fires back with, hey, that tire had an incredibly, an incredible will to live. I, I, I mean, come on. Oh, my goodness. You didn't have to jump in after you. You could have just left your pole like, okay, here's the pole. Bye, pole. Bye-bye. And stand on the boat. So the two backup singers, Vega and Yvonne, say, hey, Roxanne, we're going to head to the back of the hotel. We'll meet you later. Oh, also, thank you for breakfast, guys. That was very good. We really enjoyed it. Is that like tartar sauce and some other type of sauce? It looks like there's a couple jars. Uh, and Joey's kind of walking the ladies to the door, and they also say, oh, thank you for the Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> Joey says, <laughs> I know my antacids. I'm sure you know your way around a Rolaid and a Tum and a Pepto-Bismol. And one of the ladies says, you know, Joey, being with you actually bordered on fun. And Joey says, yeah, I, I hear that a lot. And the blonde one says, you know, Joey, we've met a lot of men. And, well, now we, we've we met you. <laughs> wow, what does that say about Joey? <laughs> they both kiss him on the cheek. And that's enough for Joey. And they leave. I mean, what are they like, now we've met you because you're a big, giant man-child. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes Joey asks, like, I mean, yeah, you act like a big kid sometimes. It's like, you're with adults. I get it acting like a big kid sometimes with, you know, hanging out with the younger, whatever. But you're with adults here. Um, <laughs> yeah. We cut over to Roxana and Jesse. And Jesse's like, oh, it seems like we're always saying goodbye, huh? And, of course, Roxana says, yeah, I hate it. Jesse, come on the road with me. I'm like, um, he's got responsibilities in a life. He can't just go with you. He actually asked, like, oh, you want me to join your band? And she says, well, I mean, no, we're an all-girl group. Jesse's like, well, then why do you want me to come with you? Yeah, he's like, well, we're an all-girl group, and you are definitely not a girl. And then he, he the way that Jesse kind of looks at her, kind of like, confused, like, well, then why would I go on the road with you? I don't get it. And she says, yeah, just to be with me. And he's basically, do you want me to be like your lackey, your roadie, your groupie? What, what is this? You want me to carry your bags for you from show to show and set up your music equipment? No. 
I'm not doing that. A lot of this is from Jesse. This is really something. He, he's jealous. He is full on jealous that she was in her, she was in his band as a bass, probably a backup singer. And then she decided to go her own way, do her own thing. And she, boom, she took off. She's on MTV. She's selling out stadiums. She's selling out concert venues. And he can't stand that. Yeah, he's like, what, you want me to carry your bags for you, tune your guitar? Is that what you want? Oh, my gosh. It's like he, he thinks she sees him as pathetic. He's like, what, you think I got nothing better to do than follow you around? No. And meanwhile, Joey, who is heading back to the kitchen through the laundry room, he stops and he sees this. Joey is an observer, and it's good because he gives amazing advice that Jesse and Danny need in in a way in the back of their mind they know that Joey's right with this advice. Anybody else want some more of my halibut? My albacore, my swordfish. Shut up. <laughs> well, you're just cranky because you got pulled overboard by a Michelin radio. <laughs> hey, that tire had an incredible will to live. Hey, Roxanne, we'll meet you back at the hotel, okay? Yeah, thanks for breakfast, guys. Oh, and thanks for the Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> I know my antacids. <laughs> you know, Joey, being with you actually bordered on fun. Yeah, I hear that a lot. <laughs> you know, Joey, we've met a lot of men. And, well, now we've met you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Seems like we're always saying goodbye, huh? I hate it. Jesse, come on the road with me. Join your band? Well, no. We're an all-girl group, and you're definitely not a girl. Then why would I go on the road with you? Just to be with me? Do what? Carry your bags for you? Tune your guitar? Is that what you want? No, Jesse, it's what, not what I nothing meant. better to do than follow you around like a little puppy dog or something? All right, so we're in the kitchen with Caroline and Danny, and Caroline says, you know, I had a really great time. And Danny, as he's drying a dish, says, you know, I did too. And she goes a little, she's a little forward with this move, as she puts her arm through his and says, you know, how about if I make you dinner? And Danny is just... I think she's trying to, she's getting a little too familiar with him, and it's making him uncomfortable. Like, no, you don't need to be putting a hand on his shoulder. You don't need to be putting your arm through his. And did Danny give you any signals that said, I want you to put a hand on me or any physical contact of any kind? No, he didn't. Danny can't get away from her fast enough <laughs> as he starts... Moving forward, she takes her arm out from his, and he's like, uh, dinner? And she says, yeah, you know, the food you eat when it gets dark. And he's like, no, no, no dinner. And she's like, well, how about lunch? And Danny said, no, no lunch, no no food. We, I do see a box of post-raisin bran up on top of the refrigerator. Which is interesting because it seems like 
later on in this season and in seasons to come, you're only going to see fake, like, the Oat Boat cereal box. You're not going to see a name brand, like, Post Raisin Bran. And she thinks he's kind of, because he, he he's very stand-up, which is, he's uncomfortable. It's like, a uh, liquid protein? And Joey, again, it's all hovering in the laundry room area, kind of overseeing what's going on with Danny and Caroline. And I get, you know, it's one thing to have a conversation, but he clearly, she's misreading his signals. Like, oh, he's just being, he's a funny guy. He's just being standoffish. It's like, no, he really doesn't want this, and he's trying to tell you in the most polite way, but you, Caroline, are not getting that. And Danny says, you know, look, Caroline, I just, I think this whole, the deal is, I, yeah, he says, look, Caroline, I'm real sorry, but I think this whole thing was a big mistake. He should have just said, look, Caroline, you're a nice girl, you're a nice lady, but uh, my wife just died about five months ago and I am not ready to have someone make me dinner or lunch or any type of meal. I'm just, I'm not ready for that step. And I don't think, I don't know if, if that's what she wants. Because she, she likes Danny, obviously, but he's just, he's not ready to take that step forward. Yeah, he's like, you really shouldn't be here right now because you really should be somewhere else. And he says, you know, let me walk you to the door. Well, this is probably the first time that a woman has been in that house that has showed an interest in Danny. And just the idea of another woman being in his house where his his wife stood like six months ago. It's like, I can't have you here right now. You need to go. It's not like the ghost of Pam is hovering around and saying, get her out of here, Danny. I don't want her here. She's not doing that. She's not doing that. She's probably like, Danny... You, the, you're being silly right now. I get that you're hurting for me, but this woman is a nice woman and she just wants to make you dinner. At some point, you're going to have to let people in. But that's up to Danny. That's not up to the ghost of Pam to decide for him. Now, we, as we enter into the living room, because Caroline is ex- extremely uncomfortable <laughs> being shut down, we see that Jesse and Roxanne are arguing, and she's telling Jesse, you are overreacting. And he says, no, I'm not. Yeah, he goes, opens the door, look, this is not going to work out, just go, just go. Yeah, he, he's just like, go, be a big star, get in your limousine, and Joey comes and says, like, all right, everybody freeze. I need to see Jesse and Danny in the kitchen right now. And Caroline and Roxanne... Roxanne, you like rock music, or you like music, Caroline, you like fish, talk about muddy waters. Yeah, (laughs) Caroline and Roxanne are like, we aren't going to be having a conversation. (laughs) We don't even know each other. Except for Roxanne spent uh, how many hours on Neptune's Bride? Yeah. But Caroline was just like getting them set up, and then she was just kind of in the background doing her own thing, manning the boat and all that, so... It's not like she was having conversations with really any of them except for Danny. You know, I really had a great time. So did I. Uh, how about if I make you dinner? Uh, dinner? 
You know, food you eat when it gets dark. No dinner. Well, how about lunch? No, no lunch, no food. Liquid protein? Uh, look, Caroline, uh, I'm real sorry, but I think this whole thing was just kind of a big mistake. You, you really shouldn't be here right now because uh, you really should be somewhere else. Let me walk you to the door, okay? Jesse, you're overreacting. No, I'm not. I'm not overreacting. Come on, let's go. This is not going to work out. Go. Jesse. Be a big star. Please. Get in your limousine. Right. That's all right. Everybody freeze. I need to see Jesse and Danny in the kitchen right now. Joey, I'm in the middle of something. Humor me. <laughs> Girls, look, please don't leave. Caroline, you like uh, fish? Roxana, you like music? Talk about muddy waters. So Joey pushes Jesse and Danny into the kitchen, and Jesse's all like, Joey, what is your problem? Or like, Jesse, you are the one with the problem. And Joey calls him, he's like, you guys are crazy. You had a nice time with Caroline, and you had a nice time with Roxana. Like, what's the story here? What's going on? Jesse's just being downright just rude and, and, and mean to her. Like, fine, you don't want to go on the road with her? You don't have to, but you don't got to be... Attacking her, saying, oh, get in your limousine, go be a big star, you know, because he's jealous. And Danny says, Caroline and I are none of your business. And Jesse tells her, neither are Roxanna and I. I would, if I were to have, like, Joey, there is no Caroline and I, okay? We aren't anything. Jesse turns to go, and Joey says, Jesse, your attitude wouldn't have anything to do with her success, would it? Like, uh, ding, 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 ding. I think we found the answer. Yes. He's, Joey's 100% on it. So, Jesse is coming at it from a full case of jealousy. He's like, I mean, look, I put her band together. Me. I put the band together, and she's a big star. He says, I put my band together. We're playing dice. You're playing covers. You're not playing original songs. I'm pretty sure that Roxana isn't going out there and releasing an album with nothing but cover songs. She's got a team of writers writing songs, singing songs that are being written for her to sing, or however, whatever's going on. You're playing dives because you're not playing original music. You're just, all you're doing is playing covers. Throughout the entire show, the run of the show, that is literally all Jesse plays for the majority. 98%. There might have been one or two that weren't really covered. It wouldn't have been anything we were familiar with, is what I'm saying. This is uh, ridiculously absurd. He says, I promised myself by the time I was 24, I'm going to have a record deal. Who does stuff like that? That is not a promise that you can commit to. He's always trying to hit, write that one hit song saying, oh, and then always saying, oh, this record company said they'll sign me if I create one good hit song. What? Ugh. You can't prompt. That's like saying when I'm 30 years old, I'm going to be a best-selling New York Times best-selling author. You can't promise. It's nice to have goals and stuff, but when you set the bar so high that you can't even touch the bottom of it, you're setting yourself up for failure. 
It's good to have goals, but it's good to have little goals along the way to help you along to achieve the bigger goals. But don't set it so high that you can't, it's going to be completely and utterly unattainable. Like, yes, they say you can be anything you want to be. However, there is a lot of work that comes involved with that. And somewhere along the way, you may find out the dream you had may not be necessarily the one you really want anymore. Like, hey, I'm 10 years old. I want to be a doctor one day. And then you get to that point, and it's just, you find out, like, maybe I don't want to do this anymore. See, it's just giving himself unrealistic expectations for that he's setting for himself the fact that he's like i put her band together really no he says remember the time you sang with me in my band so my like i said i think she was a backup singer and she kind of got herself out there and just started you know putting herself out there and Odds are they were probably playing at a club, a music exec, saw Roxana said, hey, I think you are really talented, but I think that you can do more than just be a backup singer, and he probably signed her. We don't know that, but I'm guessing maybe that is something that happened. She got discovered, she signed, she's out there doing it. Jesse, you can't weigh what you're doing, and you can't compare what you're doing, what she's doing, and saying... I should be where she's at. I should be at this level. Yeah, because he's 24 and a half, he feels like a complete failure. When's it going to be my turn? I think that's what we're all asking. When's it going to be me? When's it going to be? You know what? You put in the work, you get rewarded. Sometimes you don't. It just, it just depends. Sometimes the things we want in life at the time seem so important, and then when we look down the road, we realize, I can't believe I was so fixated on this one thing because something better came along. You have to be open to all opportunities. Life isn't exactly going to go the way you want it. Stuff's gonna, You're going to get hit with curveballs. You're going to be hitting a fork in the road sometimes. Life is all about decision-making. And taking chances and making choices. I mean, to me, Jesse is just, he's got a horrible attitude, a me, me, me attitude. And it takes someone like Rebecca Donaldson to kind of smooth out those edges. And Joey, this comparison is horrible, it's like, Hey, Jesse, I know how that feels. It's like when I see Elf on TV, I go nuts. What? Oh, Jesse and Danny are like, Joey, that's not the same thing. It's not even, Elf is a puppet. He doesn't exist. And if I had to choose between Elf and Joey, I'd go for Elf. Elf is a billion times more funnier. He can be funny in his own right, but he is not an alien from, Mer from Melmac. The <laughs> there is an applause and a woo 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 break because we just got Jesse just sitting here this uh hand sh shielding his eyes like oh my gosh give me strength please because I can't right now. <laughs>
Yeah, he says, I'm doing my stand-up in little nightclubs, and a carpet sample has a series. Hey, stop knocking on Elf. He did nothing to you, Joey. He did nothing but exist. From somebody's mind, he was created. An elf was born. At least these are good words of wisdom here. Joey says, you know, if we hang in there, Jess, we're going to make it. It's like, yes, it takes time. It, success does not happen overnight. Joey turns to Danny and says, Danny, why are you so upset with Caroline? And Danny says, because she wanted to make me dinner. Well, the last woman who made Danny dinner was Pam. That's got to be hard for him. And Joey says, you know, the real problem, Danny, is that you like her. And he, Danny says, yeah, okay, I do. I like her, but. And he says, I do like her, and it scares me. And ever since Pam. And he says, everything is just so hard. It's so confusing. It's like, yeah, you spent a decade, over a decade with somebody. You know, and they lived in that house. They were there when you bought the house. You guys made a life together in that house. And seeing another woman. In that house, in that kitchen. A place where your wife used to cook and make you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I can see why it's like, he doesn't like that. It's like, I, I it's, and again, he said, it's been five months. It hasn't even been half a year yet. And he's, he's, he's struggling. It's, no, there is no set date when you can start dating again. That's all up to you and how you feel. And if you feel you're ready. It just, it, it breaks my heart that it's just like they're pushing this on him. And Joey says to Danny, he's like, I know how tough this has been on you. Like, Man, I live in the same house as you right now. I see it. I see what you're going through. And Joey says, you know, that's, that's how life is. You know, it's a struggle. You know, there's not, every day is not going to come filled with sunshine. It is going to be rainy. It's going to be stormy. It's going to be an uphill battle sometimes because that's how life is. That's the saying that happiness even, happiness comes in waves. You're not going to be happy all the time. If you are, it's like, I just feel in a way... To me, it's like happiness is like moments, little moments of contentment where you feel like things are going right. But you know, deep down, that things are not always going to be just an even flow all the time. It can't be. Things are, life is, it's going to, you know, shift. Things are going to come up that you got to deal with. And you just got to ride that wave out and you know eventually things are going to even out again. But, you know, life has its ups and downs and it's to me it's always it's a matter of adjusting it's just a matter of just trying to get from one day to the next just merely just existing and trying to write out the write out the bad with the good i think the good days are rewards for getting through the hard ones to, to me that's how i feel and Joey says, you know what helps you get through the tough times are the people by your side. You don't have to go through these things alone, guys. You really don't. There is a network of just people that go through this stuff that can share in your understanding, who can give you advice, who have most likely been through it. 
They're like, you don't, you don't, the people say, I feel your pain. I get where you're coming from. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's, even if it's, you know, they're kind words, it's like, yeah, but unless you've been through it, you really don't understand. But there are people out there that have been through it and do understand. So, in the end, you're not, you're, you're not alone. You know, there are people. It only takes an ear to listen. Sometimes people just want to vent. Sometimes people, they want to, they, uh, they want to be heard. And to me, it's just like, I love this show because they have such a support system in that family. It's like, there's always something going on. It's a house for, full of people. It's just, you have people that are there for each other, that'll listen to each other, that'll help each other when something arises. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're funny antics and stuff like that because that's how these shows are. It's like. We can look at it, we can criticize, we can comment on it. Because, oh, in real life, like, yeah, but the thing is, no, these shows, they're not real life. That's why we watch them, for an escape from what we're going through. To look at something, just have fun with it. Just revel in the enjoyment of, of being with characters. That's why... A lot of shows we see through to the very end. We watch it from the beginning. We, we basically, if you think about it, we grow up with these characters. You know, I watched the show as a, as a young kid. And I just, I was a teenager when Full House ended. But I just, I loved the fact that you could grow up and you can watch. Think about it. A show is, what, 24 episodes? That's roughly... Like, just about half a year. It's just, it's just, but let's get back to the episode. I know, guys. I'm rambling. And Joey says, so that's why when people like Roxana and Caroline come along, why push them away? Because you're frustrated with your career. Or you're afraid to get close to somebody again. And, well, and Joey says, and because you're not ready to date yet, Danny. And no one says you have to date this person. You can just be friends. You can have a female friend or you can have a friend of the opposite or whatever and not date them. I don't understand where people say, oh, you can't have a friend of the opposite sex because it would be too hard. It's like, no, it really isn't. People make it hard is the problem. They make it complicated and confusing. And Joey says, you're throwing away what could be great friendships due to fear and jealousy. And of course, during the serious moment, we do have to get a joke in there. As Jesse says, is this the same guy who spends hours perfecting underarm noises? That is disgusting. I do. And Jesse asks Joey, where's this coming from? Joey says, from my heart. And Joey says, I did have some help with the words, though. It's what Scooby-Doo told Scrappy-Doo last Saturday morning. He did not! He did not. I'm sorry, but Scooby-Doo is not that much of an intellectual in that way. Outside of the words of Ruh-Roh and Shaggy, I mean, I don't know. I haven't watched Scooby-Doo in a long time, so I don't honestly know. But I don't think he says anything too heartfelt. Maybe once in a great while, but it's not like a giant speech like Joey just gave. 
<laughs> the audience just, what? Scooby-Doo! We love him! Elf and Scooby-Doo in the same scene? Ugh! I love, oh, I love the audience reaction. It's just so great. And Danny hugs Joey like, ah, thanks, Joey. And then Joey puts a hand out for Jesse to shake. I like how Jesse says, come here, you big goop. And I like how he puts his hand on the back of Joey's neck and just like, bring it in here, man. <laughs> and Danny's happy because he's like, all right, we got in some male bonding after all. You know what? If that's all it took was a memento speech from Joey... You didn't even have to go out and go, go fishing and all. You could sit home. You could have went to Long John Silver's and sat in a booth and male bonded and talked. You could have had the same conversation in a booth at Long John Silver's. Late at night when there's nobody hardly there. So you have privacy. Except for the workers that are, you know, waiting for you to leave so they can close. And Danny says, guys, excuse me for a moment. So he's going to clear things up with Caroline. Joey, what is your problem? are crazy you had a nice time with caroline you had a nice time with roxanne what's the story here caroline and i are none of your business right neither are roxanne and i thanks joel jesse your attitude wouldn't have anything to do with her success would it no i don't know all right i do know i mean i put a band together me i put the band together she's a big star I put my band together, we're playing dives. I promised myself, by the time I was 24, I'm going to have a record deal. I'm 24 and a half. When's it going to be my turn? Hey, I know how that feels. It's like when I see Elf, I go nuts. <laughs> I'm doing my stand-up in little nightclubs, and... A carpet sample as a series. <laughs> but you know, if we hang in there, we're going to make it. Danny, why are you so upset with Carolyn? Because she wanted to make me dinner. The real problem is you like her. Okay, I do like her. And it scares me. Ever since Pam, everything is just so hard, so confusing. I know how tough this has been on you. That's how life is. It's a struggle. But what helps you get through the tough times are the people by your side. So when people like Roxanna and Caroline come along, why push them away because you're frustrated with your career and because you're not ready to date yet? You're throwing away what could be great friendships. Is this the same guy who spends hours perfecting underarm noises? <laughs> Where is this coming from? From my heart. I did have some help with the words. It's what Scooby-Doo told Scrappy-Doo last time. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs>
All right. We got in some male bonding after all. <laughs> you guys excuse me for a moment. So Danny goes to the door separating the kitchen from the living room and asks Caroline to come in so he can talk to her. So she's a little nervous when she comes in. And she's like, oh, hi. And he's like, uh, hi. And, and he opens up to her. He's like, look, I'm, I'm real sorry that I flipped out on you. And he says, well, it's just that you know about my wife. And he says, you know, I, I'm just, I'm not ready for this yet. And he says, you know, I'm just, I'm not ready for this yet. I, but I really do like you. I mean, do you think maybe that you and I could just maybe be friends? I think she'd be down with that. I think that's probably what you wanted in the first place. Yeah, she's like, I think that would be great. And she goes and wraps her arms around and gives him a he, like, puts an armor on her kind of, like, pats her back lightly. It's almost like he's a little taken aback by the physical contact. And it's like, uh, Caroline just comes off as, like, really, you know, into hugging. I think she's open and friendly and stuff. But Danny is just, uh, he's not 100% receptive to, to that just yet. He's working on it. It's a work in progress. Joey, of course, leaning in from the laundry room, smiling. Like, yay, success, it worked. So we go into the living room where Jesse is talking to Roxana. He says, Roxana, I guess what I'm trying to say is maybe I was acting a little bit, it's like, ah, what's the word I'm looking for? Insanely jealous. And Roxana says, you know, Jesse, your time's going to come. It will. And she says, I like how she leans her head to his and says, you're too good. And I like how their foreheads are touching. They're looking into each other's eyes. Because you know I can't go with you. And she says, I know. I just wanted us to be together. He says, yeah, well, maybe someday we will. But, you know, in the meantime. Like, he's like, you know, in the meantime, I mean, you gotta realize. A guy like me, I gotta be freewheeling. I gotta be riding on the wind. I gotta be living on the edge. Oh, Jesse. DJ and Stephanie come back, but I don't know where Michelle is, because the girls are back from Grandma's in their honeybee meeting. And <laughs> Stephanie says, Uncle Jesse, will you help me off with my stinger? He's like, ah, sure, kid, I got it. Get over here. And <laughs> Jesse looks up at Roxanne and says, well, I'm living on the edge of cuteness. Oh, <laughs> and that's how the episode ends. Caroline, can I talk to you, please? Hi. Hi. Look, uh, I'm real sorry I flipped out. It's just that, uh, well, you know about my wife. And, uh, I'm, I'm just not ready for this yet. I really do like you. Do you think maybe you and I could, like, just be friends? I think that would be great. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Actually, I guess what I'm trying to say is maybe I was acting a little bit out of time. What's the word I'm looking for? Insanely jealous. <laughs> Jesse, your time's going to come. You're too good. 
You know, I can't go with you. I know. You just want us to be together. Well, maybe someday we will be. But in the meantime, you gotta realize, a guy like me, I gotta be freewheeling. I gotta be riding on the wind. I gotta be living on the edge. Hi, Uncle Jesse. Will you help me off with my stinger? Sure, kid. Living on the edge of cuteness. <laughs> Alright, well that is the episode. Hope you guys all enjoyed it. I really enjoyed delving into Jesse's past love life. <laughs> Basically the before Becky era. <laughs> Alright, so Tanner Teachable Moment for this episode is just be honest with yourself, be honest with others. If you're not ready to date yet, speak up and say so. I don't think the person is going to be offended. They'd probably be more happy that you're honest with them and tell them the truth than just lie and be standoffish. As far as it comes to Jesse, you know, everyone has their levels of success. I mean, just because you were, whether you're working with someone and they move up the career ladder before you, even though maybe you've been there a little longer, been doing it a lot longer, it's understandable to be a little jealous, but don't let that get in the way of a, a friendship, honestly. And just like Roxana told Jesse, your time is going to come. Maybe not right now, but soon. And yes, Jesse did have success in a way down the road. It's fine. I mean, if you count his song being a hit in Japan, I mean, that's success right there. He was going to go on a world tour of Asia for a year. He turned it down, but the fact that he was even offered it and his song was a hit somewhere, that's still something. It may not have been in the U.S., but it's still something. I call that a success. All right, for worst outfit of the episode, honestly, it's going to be tied with Vega and Yvonne's gold and silver. They almost look like aluminum foil type dresses just with the material. Just shiny, metallic looking. And I'm just like, they look very unflattering. Yes, definitely. I mean, I think out of all of them, Danny with his fishing outfit and Caroline with her jeans and sweatshirt were the only two that were properly dressed for fishing. Wearing fishing attire, basically. But you're not wearing a sleeveless, shoulderless dress. You're not wearing a leather halter top <laughs> to go fishing. You're just... Yeah. Not to mention it's midnight. I don't know what time of year it is. It's got to be in the, like, October, so it's not going to be that warm out. But it's like, come on now. Best outfit, I think, honestly, I'm going to say Joey's was the most creative with his yuppie ship's captain hat blazer. Runner-up, of course, Jesse with the red long sleeve button-up with the leather black leather vest so let's 
see the next episode in the late Jesse's Ladies. We have we're jumping ahead from season five to we're jumping ahead from episode five of season one to season one episode eight with Jesse's Girl. How funny is that? <laughs> November sixth, nineteen eighty seven is when this aired. In this episode, on a stormy night, the family is up telling a bedtime story about a girl that caught the eye of both Jesse and Joey. The girl was being tutored by Jesse, but fell hard for Joey. Well, I'm going to be honest here. Jesse was very pushy. He really pushed himself onto Karina, who really was not really that receptive. Yes, she did willingly go on a date with him, but at the moment he goes to lean in for a kiss, she just, she does kiss him, but it's just not really like, oh, I'm expecting you to kiss me or even really wanting to kiss. It's just like she was try, trying to be polite for his feelings, which don't do that. If you don't want to kiss, just say, mm. Had a fun time, but I'm not ready for that. And also, if you're gonna, this will probably be my lesson learned for that episode. If you're gonna, you know, do like music or singing or whatever guitar lessons, don't turn it into something romantic. I mean, someone is clearly paying you money for your services, and I don't think romances should be included in the package, especially if it's not want basically if the other person doesn't want this like don't Jesse's just he's too pushy in this he he just pushes himself on it's like no he ain't feeling it Joey doesn't do that Joey's just there by happenstance he just yeah that's what happens you yeah. some a romantic whatever's gonna have it's gonna happen you don't force it you don't push it Definitely don't push yourself onto other people. You know that saying, read the room, read the person, read the cues they're sending you. If you need someone who's, I'm not into you, you need to back off. But all right, so have a, again, have a great weekend. Now that we're in January, even though I'm <laughs> recording this in mid-November, I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year, and now we're going to be in the airy months for a couple months, January and February. If you want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, if you haven't yet, to go to iTunes and leave a review or a rating. All five-star reviews and ratings do help the podcast get noticed by other OG Full House fans and Fuller House fans like yourselves. All right. Bye-bye, everyone.